Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning to those of you on YouTube. Uh, my name is Amy, and I'm one of the pastors here. And this is the third Sunday in the season of Lent. And all through this season, we have been um, doing this series where we're not reading anything different. We're reading our normal Lenten lectionary readings. But as we do, we are using them as a window into how we hear from God, how we listen to God. How do we recognize God's voice? How do we discern that voice from all the other voices around us? What does it sound like, and what does it not sound like? And we're preaching on this because we've heard from so many of you that you are longing to hear from God. And I am too. We are too. And we're also preaching on this because even if that's not a longing that you are feeling or have expressed, there's really nothing more important for all of us than hearing from God from learning the sound of God's voice, from learning how to listen. And I don't mean it's important in this sort of drudgery, like eating raw kale sort of way, although I did learn at my small group this week that some people in this room enjoy that practice. But I mean it's important in the sense of hearing from God, listening, being attuned to his voice and his movement. That is important because it's how we enjoy our life with God. It's how our view of God becomes healed and restored and expanded, how it becomes a source of peace and comfort and guidance and steadiness for us. This is how we tune our ears to that voice that is always calling us in from the edges of the map, further and further into the country of our faith that is called the kingdom of God, exploring and getting closer to our true home. God's voice is good. It is trustworthy. It speaks words of newness and life and love. And so we're learning to listen to it. So this morning for our sermon time, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, We're going to practice hearing that voice together in the scripture. We're going to use an ancient practice for contemplative reading called Lectio Divina, Some of you have probably done this, and some of you might not have done it or may have heard of it and maybe feel a little bit, I'm not sure how I think about that. Um, But Lectio Divina is just Latin for sacred reading, um, and it's Latin because it comes to us through the centuries from the monastic tradition. And this practice of Lectio Divina acknowledges that even though we are the ones who read the scriptures and interpret the scriptures, that actually the scripture is a place where God reads us where God interprets our lives, where God's word exegetes us. Jesus, the word of God, is always speaking to us. He is always reading us. He's always interpreting our lives. This one who made us in love, who knows us completely, always has something to say to us in the context of who we actually are and the lives we actually live. And this practice of Lectio Divina seemed perfectly suited to this particular week because it's a conversational way of reading Scripture with God in the Spirit. And this week's passage is a really conversational passage between this Samaritan woman and Jesus. In fact, this is probably the most full and engaged dialogue that Jesus engages with anyone in in the Gospel of John. Jesus welcomes this woman's questions. He welcomes her thoughts, her ideas. He asks her questions. 
It's this place where she shows curiosity, and he responds to that. He reveals to her more and more of the fullness of himself. It's very clearly a dialogue. It's not a monologue or a discourse. And this is really strange because she's a woman. And it's even more strange because she's a Samaritan. And Samaritans were outsiders. They were viewed as idolaters, as traitors, people who had helped the enemies of the Jewish people. And last week, if you remember, Jesus told Nicodemus in a not very back-and-forth conversation, he told him that God so loved the world. And this week, we see that world love in action as Jesus moves out of the territory of Judea, moves toward Galilee, he goes through Samaria, and he goes to these people who were thought to be outside. He goes to the world, and he begins to bridge and repair this divide. And so Jesus dignifies this Samaritan woman as a full conversation partner. He dignifies her with this revelation of his full and true identity, She's the first person that Jesus identifies himself to as I am. It's the clearest statement by Jesus that he is God. And he doesn't give it to Nicodemus, to a man, to a religious leader. He gives it to this Samaritan woman. And in response, she becomes a witness. She runs and tells her neighbors, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And so we're going to let her bear witness to us this morning, and we're going to come and see a man who tells us everything we ever did in this text. So I'm going to guide us through the Lectio Divina process, and kids who are with us and adults, you're all welcome to participate. And there are also going to be a few opportunities to participate out loud, if you feel comfortable with that. There's no pressure to do it. I know we're already stretching into kind of a potential zone of discomfort. Um, You're also welcome to respond silently or in writing. Um, But we are going to practice listening to God in this text as a community. And a big part of that listening is that we do it together, that we bring what we hear to one another, that we help each other tune our ears to the voice of God, and that we're encouraged by the way God is speaking to those around us. So, as we often do here at Incarnation, we're just going to try stuff. Uh, At the back of your bulletins, you should have a sheet with this week's passage on it. Um, I added this at the last minute just thinking, I personally like to have the words in front of me. So if that's helpful to you, you can use this. Um, If it's not helpful to you, you can just flip it over. Um, But as we get started, I first invite you just to make yourself comfortable, as comfortable as is possible in these chairs. So you might want to take a few deep breaths, might want to relax. If it's helpful to close your eyes, you can. If it's helpful to sort of uncurl your hands, you can. And we're going to go through this text three times. In the first reading, I'm going to read just a section of the gospel because this is a really big chunk of scripture, just a section, and I'm going to read it slowly. And as I read through it, The invitation on this first reading is just to notice a word or a phrase or an idea in the text that stands out to you, that for some reason pricks your interest or resonates with you or feels like it's speaking to something in you. 
You don't need to understand why. You don't need to analyze it. You just need to notice what word or phrase stands out to you, and then when it does, hold it. Let it settle. Pay attention to it. You might want to repeat it in your mind. Just trust that God is speaking through you. And if there is nothing that stands out to you, if every word hits you like a monosyllable, that's okay too. Just choose a word that you like and trust that God will work through that too. God works through all sorts of things, whether we understand them or not. So I'm going to pause for just a moment, then I'll read the text slowly, and I invite you to listen for that word or phrase, and we'll have a quiet moment at the end of the reading. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, at this point, because we're doing Lectio as a group and not on our own at home, there's actually an invitation to do something really brave and to just say the word or phrase or idea that stood out to you. Um, You don't have to, but I would love to invite you to do so. No explanation, just say it or call it out. So I'll give you a moment to do that. Mine was sat by the well. All right. 
Now we will go through the text a second time. I'm going to read it again. And this time, as I do, I invite you again to focus on your word, phrase, or idea, and to ask God how that is speaking to your life today. You can ask God, how does this word or phrase or idea speak to my life today, this moment? What are you saying through this word? So I'll read, and then we'll pause again for a moment. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. If you heard something from God or you're beginning to hear something from God on that second pass-through, I'm not going to ask you to share it right now. I'm just going to ask you to hold it and to carry it into our final pass-through this text. And for this last time, I'm going to read the passage once more. And this time, I invite you to focus on what God is calling you to do or to become in response to what you're hearing. Hearing God changes us. The voice of God always beckons us. It always calls us to something. And so ask God, what are you calling me to do or to be as a result of what I've heard? I'll read it one more time. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. 
Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, I invite you to write what you've heard, um, and I also invite you to do something a little more risky if you're up for it. Um, but if anyone would like to share what they've heard, the mic is open. Um, I would ask you to keep it to a sentence. You don't need to give us the whole story, but just a brief summary of what you've heard. He knows all about me, but he loves me anyway. Amen. Thanks, Robert. Life in God or eternal life can start now, not in the future, but now. Thanks, Corey. I love the question, how can you ask me for a drink? And I just kept thinking, God is a God for others, uh, mm. not one who others. Hmm. Thanks, Katie. I think it's the first time I've noticed that I think Jesus was actually thirsty. And he really needed something, and mm. he asked for it, and that surprised me. Hmm. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I want to close with just one image from this passage. It's not in the part that we did the Lectio on. It's in the longer reading that I read from the Gospel book. And there's this little detail that John records after Jesus has revealed himself to this woman, they've had this whole conversation about husbands, and she's run to tell people about Jesus. When she goes into town, she leaves her water jug behind. And there's something that she thought she needed when she came to the well. But then she encounters Jesus, and some deeper need gets met, so much that she leaves her jar behind. And sometimes the thing that brings us to Jesus isn't actually the thing that we leave with. Sometimes the thing that we think we need isn't what we really, truly need. And so I want to remind us and invite us that Lent can be a season to leave our water jars behind, 
to set things down that we thought we needed, money or chocolate or wine or social media, whatever it is, not as some feat of self-discipline, but as this small act of trust that God wants to fill us with something even better and more necessary. The one that knows everything we ever did, knows our deepest needs and our truest desires, and out of this abundant spring of living water, he wants to fill it. So we'll now enter our time of silence.